All right, welcome back to the Canadian Gun Vault behind the vault door. My name is Mark Morelli, and I'll be your podcast host for tonight's episode. And sorry, guys, uh, for making you wait. We've had a lot of exciting developments uh, going on at the Canadian Gun Vault. Uh, I don't know if you guys have all noticed. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you're probably among the uh, biggest fans we have, and uh, we love you. Uh, thank you so much for your support. I'm going to say that right off the hop. Uh, you're getting it uh, first. Uh, so I'll tell you that if you haven't noticed that I have been um, promoting uh, products that uh, are imported by uh, Trigger Wholesale, if you haven't noticed that lately, uh, then I've done a better job than I thought of trying to slip them in. Uh, we've uh, had an opportunity arise to uh, test a number of uh, really interesting firearms. Uh, you know, we've been given this opportunity by the uh, good people at Trigger Wholesale. Uh, you know, I try and mention them a couple of times a day because I, I really do uh, want to thank them. Uh, Mark and the family, uh, you, you guys have been just absolutely fantastic. Uh, yeah. uh, people, uh, you can send uh, Trigger Wholesale direct messages, but what you need to know is that they do not deal uh, directly with the public. They have a number of uh, dealers uh, underneath them, and uh, those will be the people that you will contact. If you are really interested in a piece, uh, if you want uh, to uh, you know, get a closer look, uh, then I would suggest that you contact the dealers uh, directly, and uh, we'll be providing you guys with some uh, names and telephone numbers soon, uh, so you know who to call. <clears throat> it's uh, it's been really interesting. Uh, the last uh, the last couple of weeks have uh, brought so much excitement uh, to our platform. Uh, you know, for the people out there that thought that uh, perhaps uh, the Canadian Gun Vault was, uh, you know independently wealthy and an international playboy with guns. Uh, I, I can suggest to you that it hasn't been quite that. Uh, definitely the uh, people that uh, have supported us and chosen to uh, purchase our merchandise, uh, you know, t-shirts, hats, uh, patches, uh, coffee cups, that assault mug, man, uh, you know, we've got, uh, we've got so much more coming up. Uh, really excited. Uh, love how the proud Canadian t-shirts are selling. You guys have been really fantastic. The uh, half meshes uh, have been uh, moving along uh, faster than we thought. Uh, we are really looking forward to seeing all this gear out there in public. Uh, definitely if you want to buy your friends uh, some gifts, uh, love the idea of enlightening more and more people, switching them on to what we do here at the Canadian Gun Vault. Um, you know, right away to you guys. Thank you so much. Without your help, we could not have continued. And uh, now, with the assistance of Trigger Wholesale, uh, we've been afforded the opportunity to test these firearms and, uh, you know, to experience them before the uh, public and give you our impressions. And we're really looking forward to doing that uh, on our YouTube platform. Uh, if you guys haven't been uh, seeing any videos created for a while, we've been working on some other things, uh, you know, to, uh, to keep us going. Uh, and back to where I started, uh, you know, there have been some challenges throughout this process. Uh, you know, uh, I am not independently wealthy. The guns are not all mine. Uh, you know, uh, photographing the uh, great firearms uh, of the Canadian firearm community has been just this wonderful experience. Um, you know, having the opportunity to be around such intelligent, fun, uh, down-to-earth, uh, incredible people. It's, uh, it's really been an honor, uh, you know, to uh, be invited, you know, to be part of this. And, uh, you know, to be... 
uh, told uh, by a few people uh, that uh, we're doing good things for the firearm community. So continue to share our page uh, with everybody you know. Uh, we would uh, ask that you, uh, you know, <laughs> visit all four of our platforms. We're uh, doing these podcasts now, Facebook, uh, YouTube, and uh, if you haven't been on the Instagram yet, guys, you're really missing out. Um, we, we were doing our best to deliver uh, an educational experience uh, and certainly uh, a peek into the world of uh, Canadian firearm ownership. You know, God knows we have uh, our challenges ahead of us. Uh, we have legislation, proposals that, uh, you know, really don't look all that well in a majority government situation where uh, the opposition is uh, our team. Uh, we definitely have, uh, you know, some things that need to be spoken about. The idea that we might suffer through further restriction uh, should not be an idea that is out of the realm of possibilities. Uh, the best things that we can do to combat it, I'm going to keep saying this, guys, if you haven't told your friends, friends, friends about that e-petition and or sent them the link, you really haven't done uh, the firearm community a true service. Uh, it's really important that we share uh, that e-petition started by that young man. Uh, what a great idea. Uh, we cracked like 66,000 signatures in like record time. Uh, the idea that we can fill that thing, uh, I think we can double that easily uh, if we just decide that we're going to share it with people uh, with an explanation. My advice to you folks is please do your best. If you've been watching us, uh, you know, online and you, uh, you have a firm grasp of the message that we're trying to convey, you know, intelligently kind of putting forward the firearms uh, owners, uh, responsible foot, and, and discussing, uh, you know, what's going wrong with the system and how money's about to be wasted again uh, by people that have absolutely no idea what they're doing. Uh, the idea that we could uh, allow this to happen would be inexcusable. Uh, it's definitely something that flies in the face of uh, all the people that made uh, horrible sacrifices, and all for the name uh, of freedom. It's really important that we combat this, and uh, we do that by sharing uh, this message with everybody we know, uh, how wrong it is that we might uh, have to suffer through some changes of this nature. Uh, so yeah, so share that petition around. Uh, you guys have been doing a really good job of that. Uh, I love uh, what's been happening uh, on the Instagram page. We've been like just highly interactive. Uh, seeing people, uh, you know, uh, talking to one another and sharing information and discussing uh, the things that we enjoy openly in a public place, I, I think is really important for our community. Uh, hiding has done us uh, no favors. Uh, historically, I suggest that we let everybody know that this is a cool activity. Uh, there's a lot of history involved. Uh, that's that's in, in large part why I created the Canadian Gun Vault. And you know, in in the time that's uh, gone by, it's evolved incredibly. Uh, you know, there's a uh, an advertising and marketing sort of component to this. Uh, we do need to survive. Um, we we want to convey, you know, just a really positive message to the world that legal firearm ownership is just this fantastic thing. Uh, and it's, it's a lot of good people involved, and it's exciting and fun and interesting. And, you know, if God, if uh, my history teacher had spoken like that, I actually wouldn't have slept through uh, that entire period. You know, so many different things that people can see and learn about and, and enjoy that might change opinions and and that's why i cultivated uh you know the audience that i i did uh that's why i encouraged people to to speak out and to discuss things uh and to to gather 
you know, into a place where everybody can enjoy, uh, you know, this world of firearms. And, you know, I'm always being asked, uh, you know, really, why do you do it? And, you know, the answer I like to give is that, you know, I love it. I, lo I love the firearm community. I love the people in it. I love the guns. Uh, you know, I love freedom. Uh, I don't like the idea of being told what to do. Unless you've got a good reason to do it, you shouldn't be telling me to do anything. Uh, and I see a lot of that in the uh, firearm uh, community's history. And so it's our responsibility to combat these things. And, uh, and, and I think the best possible way to do that is to involve as many people as we can and to let them know what it is that we're doing. Uh, staying hidden in the shadows has you know, fostered some suspicion. Uh, among the public that don't know anything about firearms. So to kind of come out into the light and to let them see what it is that we love and to discuss, you know, openly, uh, you know, the things we enjoy, uh, you know, responsibly. You know, you don't, don't, uh, don't go down to a corner with a bullhorn. Uh, you know, talk about it with the people you like and, you know, let them know. You know, that what's going on is probably not, uh, not, not going to be... <laughs> It's not going to end well for the Canadian firearm community, uh, but at the same time, like by sharing that message, we we certainly do create a more understanding population. That you know, and that's really what we want to achieve here. Uh, I wanted to see as many people come in from the outside. I mean, it was really it's really easy uh, to get people interested in guns that are already interested in guns. I wanted to bring people into this uh, world we have uh, that may not have otherwise gotten an opportunity to see it. And in that respect, it's been really successful. But we do have to pay the bills. And that requires us to do some things. Uh, you know, certainly we have uh, sold a great number of t-shirts and hats and coffee cups, and that's, that's really been a fantastic help. Um, you know, as you can see, we're doing some advertising. Uh, and, and we have a wonderful client in the, uh, the good people of Trigger Wholesale. And, you know, uh, we've already started testing some of the guns. And right off the hop, uh, I got myself into this Impala. And I know you guys have been seeing pictures of it. And if I had to describe it to you, I would say that it's probably the flashiest, uh, you know, trap gun I've ever had. And yet I love it. I, I never would have thought I would have fallen in love with a bright anodized red, uh, you know, candy apple red shotgun. And yet, you know, I bring this thing out on the line. People look and it's kind of fun uh, to, you know, to, to be holding this thing. Uh, it, it, it doesn't look like a toy, but at the same time, it's got this certain glamour about it. And, you know, when you rack the action, uh, you know, it's really smooth. I'm, I'm genuinely surprised. The, uh, the Turkish have put together a really nice feeling shotgun. And, uh, you know, right through the grip, uh, right away, I, you know, I felt pretty comfortable behind the wheel of this thing. But the defining feature of this gun is how freaking light it is. I, you know, I ordinarily shoot a Remington 1100. I love the gun. Uh, it was built for me. You know, I, it was the first gun I ever fired, um, or shotgun, rather, I had ever fired. And I, I love this uh, Remington 1100 uh, like no other. And yet, when I held this uh, Impala Plus, uh, you know, it, it just was a feather coming in somewhere around six and a half pounds. And so I bring it up to my shoulder and, you know, just to feel the weight and I move it back and forth and it's just so light and it's got this high visibility uh, fiber optic uh, front sight post. Uh, so, you know, it's pretty easy to see those sights and it swings really fast. And, you know, I step up to the line and I've loaded it and without any problems, you know, the... Uh, 
<clears throat> the bolt release is in a good location on the right hand side of the receiver you you activate it with your support hand and then you slide up onto the front uh, stock and so I'm, I'm at the trap range and you know I start off just you know leveling off about a foot over the top of the house and you know I yell pull and the bird leaves and I, I go to track uh, the bird and and I pull the trigger and I hit immediately and so I'm pretty pleased you know just it it's it's moving smooth but uh, I'm, I'm really noticing the absence of the weight uh, it, it really is a light gun uh, the recoil is like completely absorbed by it. It's really a great design. You know, it's a semi-automatic, uh, you know, uh, hunting uh, traditional style shotgun in this bright anodized red, uh, you know, and black trim. And it, it, it just pushes against your shoulder with, you know, light target loads. And of course I hit, so that's always a good sign. Uh, to spend uh, a little bit of time at the trap range, you know, you, you don't always hit. It, it can be, you can have good days and you can have bad days. I've had some really good days and God knows I've had a lot of bad ones. But, you know, I, I pull the trigger on this Impala and, you know, I break right away. Uh, I don't notice, you know, any ridiculous amount of creep in the trigger. Uh, I'm, I'm really kind of surprised. Like, you know, yeah, it, it feels good. So I pop in another shell and I let the bolt drop and... <laughs> I decide that I'm going to, from the low ready, uh, snap shoot, which is my usual practice. If you, if you see me on the, <laughs> the trap range, I like to uh, not shoulder the gun before I start firing, which some people think is hot dogging, and that is actually not the case. I, I just like challenging myself a little bit, and I, I think to my... You know myself if I'm ever out like duck hunting you know that that happens pretty fast so you know you got to kind of get used to not being set up and ready to shoot all the time because that could get awful uh, you know painful uh, a pose I'm sure to you know hold for that amount of time uh, you know so I decided that I'm gonna snap shoot so I bring the gun down to the low ready and I've loaded a shell and of course my fingers off the trigger until I'm actually ready to shoot and I yell pull and, you know, my usual practice is to snap up quickly to my shoulder and bring, you know, my head right down to my gun. And I'm probably describing uh, foreman technique completely wrong, but uh, don't go by me. I'm not an expert, uh, but I'm, I'm used to, you know, bringing the gun up quick and getting my face down on it fast, tracking and shooting. Uh, not so much aiming, but just sort of instinctively uh, snapping the shotgun and, and, and hitting, hopefully, on time. And, and that's my usual practice. So I decided to do this with this Impala. And, you know, I yell pull and the gun comes up so fast that I completely overshoot and, and, and I have to bring it back down on the target. And then I, you know, I'm darting sideways now to try and catch up to the bird. And I'm not sure exactly, you know, uh, how much time I'm going to have uh, before I get back on it. But I completely overshoot the bird, uh, you know, and have to come back. And still managed to hit, which was surprising. But I, I guess the the big thing about this gun is it's so light, it handles so fast. Uh, if you're used to a heavier gun, you might you know you might really find it to be a pleasant experience. But it's one that you've got to kind of get used to. Uh, for the new people shooting, you're gonna love it. Uh, if you're not used to really big, heavy, uh, clunky shotguns. Uh, shooting something light like this is going to be a snap. The girls are going to love it. Uh, I can tell you that I've seen uh, my fair share of people fighting over this thing. Uh, I brought it out onto the lines and uh, let a number of people try it. Uh, most people say they love it. Uh, the uh, 
uh, defining features are the weight and that front sight. Uh, I know pearly guns, uh, or pearly whites, is just, uh, you know, she's beside herself, uh, you know, seeing that gun go into a bag and, and leave her, her sight. Uh, we're going to have to pry this one from some people's fingers. Uh, that's how much people are, are really enjoying this uh, particular model, the Impala uh, Plus. Uh, really fantastic gun uh, to the company that made it. Great job. Uh, I'm pretty pleased. I, I think, I think the price points coming in, uh, you know, somewhere between uh, eight hundred and a thousand dollars. I'd have to take a look, but uh, really, uh, really great uh, value uh, coming with a, a number of chokes, uh, you know, a, a soft case, I believe. Uh, you know, uh, good value on that gun. Works really well. Haven't seen it jam yet. Uh, watched uh, Brandon from Tactical Woodworks. Uh, he, he shot like a 25 round set in under four minutes. Uh, he was just loading shell after shell after shell as fast as he could load this thing and yelling pull. And I think he cranked off something like 19 his first time out of the gate. And, and Brandon would uh, probably argue that, you know, he's, he's hit maybe a few more uh, once in a while, but uh, like, I mean, he's definitely peaking. I'm really kind of uh, pleasantly surprised to see how far he's come along as a trap shooter. Uh, he loved it. Uh, you know, again, you know, he thought it was light, but then again, everything is probably light to Brandon. Uh, he's built like a brick house. Every time he shakes my hand, I think he's going to crush it. Uh, big thanks to his mom uh, for teaching him to do that. Uh, when he meets people, or greets people. Every time I, every time I grab onto his hand, he uh, he threatens to you know break a bone, and I always got to remind him that that's the hand I shoot with. Uh, you know, so you know we're we're out there with uh, this Impala, and I got to give it two solid thumbs up. Uh, for the people out there, uh, thinking of getting themselves a uh, you know a good trap gun, uh, a nice all-round uh, use shotgun, uh, might want to give this one a look. Pretty pleased uh, with that. Uh, that's performance, uh, you know, has been uh, wonderful. Uh, really been enjoyed. Uh, the fun factor is one of those things you just kind of can't attach a value to. Uh, the Impala's definitely got that thing. Uh, that's going to keep people coming back for more of that. Uh, so we, we would give that one a high recommendation. Mm. You have to bear with me, folks. It sometimes gets a little dry. So next up, we get our hands on this uh, bullpup shotgun. Uh... <laughs> called the FD-12. Uh, you know, uh, I, I had seen the Ursus, uh, 2017, a really cool unit. Uh, I've, I've seen uh, that thing uh, up close, and I've held it. Uh, it felt really good. And then I got a hold of this FD-12, and I was really, really uh, excited, uh, you know, to have an opportunity to handle uh, one of these great devices, uh, you know, immediately when you pick it up, it's got this heft to it. Uh, you know, it's not it's not a light piece. And, you know, after having an opportunity to fire it, uh, I could see I could see why, um, you know, they would add the weight. When you fire a full house uh, shot shells out of this thing, uh, the it's a bullpup design, folks. For uh, the people out there that uh, you know aren't as familiar with firearms, the action uh, is placed be behind the trigger group. Uh, 
Uh, so some like some of the classics, like a Styrog, uh, for the for the more contemporary shooters, like a Tavor. Um, you know, uh, to have an opportunity to have magazines that load basically into the stock of the gun, uh, placing the action behind the trigger group uh, and and the grip kind of forward, uh, the magazine. Uh, it, it's it's got some great you know features uh, to the design that make it really fun uh, fun to shoot and, and a much better uh, use of space. Uh, the with the action move further back into the stock, uh, you can actually retain uh, you know the full length barrel in a much shorter overall length. So bullpup designs really are kind of like the compact you know gun. Like you don't sacrifice any muzzle velocity, uh, and yet the barrel length would be you know. Uh, the same length as a much longer unit, you know, ordinarily rifles, you know, would stick out their way out there. You could, you could cut that in half and still retain all the muzzle velocity from the full length of the barrel, which is, you know, placed backwards more into the stock. And so, you know, uh, there, there is some argument that the additional linkage, um, you know, when you pull a bullpup trigger, uh, there's a linkage that has to activate uh, the action behind you know the magazine so sometimes the feel um, of uh, more traditional designs uh, can be a little bit better so there's always that hurdle to overcome that was the biggest complaint about the styrog i've i've, I've fired styrogs before uh, i don't find the trigger to be all that bad i actually kind of like it um you know it feels like a combat trigger it's got to have a little weight to it if you pull a trigger and it goes off like <laughs> You know, before you want it to, uh, that's that's bad for combat. So so combat triggers tend to be like a longer pull. They're not going to be like a nice light pull, uh, and certainly not on most bullpup designs. So I get a hold of this FD12. I rack the action a few times, and I go to pull the trigger uh, to dry fire it after checking and you know to make sure that it wasn't loaded uh, right out of the factory. I don't imagine it would be, but I, I pull this thing out of the box. I'm right away enjoying the feel. I rack the action. And I go to pull the trigger, and I found it to be quite pleasant. It, it was it was kind of like a nice, light, rolling trigger. Um, you know, it had a fair bit of travel, but it broke crisp. And I, 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 I thought to myself, after racking the action and pulling the trigger a few times, I, I said, you know what, I could find that point, and you could stop. And if you wanted to get into some kind of precision shooting with it, I imagine you could try. Um, you know, we mounted EOTech and a three-time magnifier on this thing right away, and I really loved the look. Uh, it's a badass looking shotgun in 12 gauge. Uh, they do make a 20 gauge as well, which is going to be really fun to shoot. Uh, I'm definitely going to take them up on the uh, offer to shoot one of those at some point. Uh, but I decided to uh, get this gun uh, to one of the firing lines and to pull the trigger. And, uh, you know, firing, firing this gun with uh, full house uh, buckshot loads right out of the gate. I kind of anticipated that it... Um, it wouldn't cycle lighter loads. You know, I, I racked the action. I had that feeling, uh, you know, this big spring in there. And I thought, well, you know, it'll probably be a little too stiff for that. So I started out with a box of really heavy uh, buckshot. And, you know, we did some slugs. I scoped myself. Uh, folks, if you're if you're mounting a 3 time magnifier uh, right behind a Neotech on this gun, you may want to move it forward uh, a little more than you usually do and be careful because with full house loads, uh, if you do put it too far back, you know, you will you will hit yourself. Uh, I got myself a nice cut right above my eye, started bleeding uh, when I pulled the trigger and uh, sure enough, you know, uh, it, it bit me right out of the gate. Uh, this gun just commands respect <laughs> And so I, I, you know, I tucked it into my shoulder for, you know, round two, and I found it to be, uh, you know, stout. 
When you pick the gun up and you think you know, it's kind of heavy, you expect it to be a lot lighter. The weight comes in handy. Uh, it really does. With the full house loads, you want that additional weight. It offers stability and, and something to work against the energy of that uh, cartridge discharging. Uh, that weight on that gun is important. You know, and, and the gun comes with a number of accessories, this vertical foregrip, uh, flip-up sights, uh, five chokes, uh, you know, like it really, it really is this fantastic package. And even a six-inch barrel extension, which I fell in love with. Uh, I wasn't convinced at first when Mark had told me that there was, you know, a barrel extension that looked pretty cool until I put it on the gun and I looked at it and I went, you know what? It actually is, you know, and I started spending a little more time with it and I would take it out and look at it and decide which one I liked more. I actually really liked it uh, you know the more I looked at it with that long barrel extension which effectively turns this 22 inch barreled gun which is which is pretty short uh, when you consider that most of the barrels in the stock uh, it's a pretty short gun it, but you know even being compact you know to screw in the six inch barrel extension and realize that you have a 28 inch uh, barrel in this thing now uh, with a choke on the end that you can change out, which is really fantastic. Uh, you know, like I, I started to really fall in love with this thing. And of course, you know, I uh, took it to the gongs and found myself uh, smashing steel uh, pretty consistently. You know, just just sighting in uh, the UTEC very quickly, uh, trying to get just a general feel. Uh, hits at 100 yards are, are, are pretty uh, consistent. Um, you know, I know there was a little bit of getting used to the gun, uh, getting, you know, a scope slammed into my forehead, uh, you know, shook me a little bit. Every time I pulled the trigger from that point forward was, uh, you know, uh, an exercise in courage, uh, but, but definitely uh, a really, a really exciting shoot uh, with full house uh, slugs and buckshot uh, loads. But the big surprise, and, and even, and even, even the design kind of, um, you know, warrants some retraining in terms of the location of the, the, the selector switches and stuff like. I mean, to, to work the safeties and to, to work the magazine, the bolt release. Uh, there really is, um, you know, a changing of, of a pattern that you're used to with, you know, typically AR type rifles. And so you're releasing the magazine by reaching up, you know, towards the stock. And I mean, it's, it's a completely different experience, uh, but not one that you couldn't get used to. Uh, I, think, I think to be fair, uh, right away, I noticed that the magazines were a little tough coming in and out, uh, at least out of the one unit I tried. But what I realized was after I took it in and out, uh, you know, like 20 times, you know, just, just, you know, feeling how it had to be slapped in. The one thing that I would tell you about these guns, folks, uh, the FD-12 is not meant to be babied, it, you know, which is really a good sign, uh, I think, of a sturdy gun. It feels like a sturdy gun, you know, in your hands. Uh, to have it, um, you know, uh, give you any issues uh, right out of the box, I, you know, I would suggest that the magazine kind of slides in and out. A little bit difficulty, uh, m you know, might be experienced by anybody doing it for the first, you know, 10 times. Uh, I wouldn't suggest to you that it's really a problem. It's just a matter of, you know, doing it. And then once you do it, uh, you know, it, it's worked in and it, it slaps in just fine. Uh, but don't baby these guns. They don't like to be babied. Uh, they definitely are meant to be worked. Uh, I would call them uh, or characterize them as work guns. Uh, you know, they come with like uh, two five-round magazines, one three-round magazine uh, for those of you out there that hunt. Uh, or two magazine, two round magazine. Uh, the the idea that you would uh, be able to take this shotgun, 
you know, now, uh, which, which it's built like a three gun. It's got all the rails, uh, you know, uh, ready to accept attachments. Uh, the idea of a bullpup shotgun, folks, uh, they swing very fast uh, because the gun centralizes more mass around your shoulder. Uh, there's less weight kind of hanging out out of the end of you. Uh, and I guess it's it's kind of like the difference between like swinging a mop, uh, I guess, in terms of experience uh, compared to swinging like a stick. You know, it, it just moves faster because there's less weight over the front end. So as you swing it, it, it moves pretty quickly. So it would make, uh, I would think, a pretty good competition gun, you know, for the three gunners. Uh, if you can get used to changing, you know, magazines that uh, are behind the trigger group, uh, which which is pretty intuitive. After you do it a couple of times, it just it just sort of feels right. You know, you kind of tip the gun a little bit, and you know, you your hand reaches up into that magazine kind of naturally and depresses that magazine release, which which you know is pretty comfortable to use. And then you slap in a fresh magazine, and then you drop the bolt release. And the bolt release is on many units very stiff. Uh, you know. Uh, that, well, I shouldn't say many units. I mean, I, I saw one unit that was stiff and one unit that wasn't. Uh, but if you come across one with a stiff unit, I would just suggest slapping it a couple of times, and they work in. Um, it's it's actually a really good sign of tight tolerances. I I don't for one second think that they're producing a crappy shotgun. I like I'm really impressed. I pull the trigger on this thing. I'm enjoying it, and you know it's front and right. And then the real surprise comes. I decide that I'm going to run these light target loads uh, through it. And I'm thinking, you know, well, I put maybe like two boxes of hot ammo through it. Uh, you know, it, it probably isn't worked in enough yet to handle the lighter shells. And But I decided I'm going to try it anyway. And so I, I screw in the, uh, the six-inch uh, barrel extension. Uh, and, you know, uh, I point the gun down range and I pull the trigger. Uh, and I go through, you know, several magazines. And it runs everything, you know, right out of the box. I was, I was really impressed, you know, uh, to have a gun do that. Is, is like, wow, you know, she's running. And, you know, uh, really a pleasant experience with lighter ammunition. It was a lot more fun. Uh, I'm actually kind of looking forward to shooting around a trap with it. Uh, I think we're going to be doing that uh, sometime soon. Uh, we're just going to find a place to do it. I, I don't know if we uh, have any listeners out there that would like to invite us to their... Uh, a trap range or a skeet range, uh, you know, for, for one day perhaps, uh, would love to get out there and experience a new club. So if you can contact us at the Canadian Gun Vault Inc. at gmail.com, I'd appreciate it very much. If you've got a club that would like to uh, host the Canadian Gun Vault for a uh, brief testing session with the, uh, the FD-12, uh, we're really looking forward to uh, letting people experience this. Uh, I certainly had a lot of fun shooting it. I think uh, you guys will too. Uh, you know, it looks cool enough. Comes in a bunch of colors. Uh, I'm really impressed uh, with the selection. Uh, a lot of great things coming out of Trigger Wholesale, uh, folks. I, I'm really, really uh, happy to bring you these items. Uh, so far, so good. I've tried two items uh, straight out of their uh, their importer shoot, and uh, it's looking good. I'm uh, really looking forward to doing more. Anyway, that's about all the time we have for this week's episode of the Canadian Gun Vault Behind the Vault Door. Uh, I want to thank everybody that makes this uh, possible. Uh, that's you, the listeners. That's all the people that watch uh, on Instagram, Facebook, uh, and YouTube. We're coming. We're going to be producing some new videos soon. Hopefully, you guys will be watching. We'll, uh, we'll be letting you know when they come out, uh, probably through our storyline. Uh, thank you so much to everybody that's been terrifically supportive, uh, getting those e-petitions signed and, uh, you know, definitely been uh you know a really challenging uh year for us here at the canadian gun vault but uh, with your help uh we've managed to get through it and i really appreciate it
Anyways, I hope that you've all enjoyed tonight's podcast. I'm Mark Morelli, and as always, Canada, shoot straight, stay safe.